0: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, here's how Miro works. See, it's amazing. What's everyone doing at David's desk?
1: Ever since marketing started using Miro's collaborative online whiteboard, he thinks all our other teams should sign up. Why?
0: He says Miro's making his
1: meetings disappear. And if every team gets on it, that means even less Meetings.
0: See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com with three boards free forever. That's M I R O.com.
1: Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the Leading Edge Cricket Podcast. Today we're getting stuck in huge news coming out of the England dressing room. One, England under 19 World Cup finalist set, the first time since 1998. Ashley Giles has been sacked or resigned, depending which article you're actually going to read. And ECB women's being a progressive part of the management structure, bringing in a head of performance pathway. I'm Rob. This is Rich. Welcome.
0: To hey, the how are we doing, Rob?
1: Good, mate. Good. I think I've just done the ultimate <clears throat>, SHIT sandwich there where I've said World Cup final, something <laughs> bad and performance pathway. And then you just kind
0: of squash the bad news in the middle. Absolutely, yeah. Didn't want to be either of them sliced the bread, but uh, you've summed it up <laughs> absolutely right. Yeah, some good things to talk about, some really good things to talk about from a certain perspective, and then maybe something that's okay to talk about. But who knows about the, the last part? It's um, all these positions they create will they do any good? Depends who's running the organization. We'll I'll tell you what is good though what is good mm. is rate reviewing and subscribing. There we
1: go, I've said it at the start mm. rather than the 39th oh minute. God. Anywhere that you listen, five-star reviews is the best way to help us grow this podcast. If you enjoy it, if you could leave Mm. us one, that would be much appreciated. Any comments that you make while you're doing it will be read out on the podcast. Rich, England Under-19 World Cup Final coming up. Talk us through the semis. It was a huge game, England-Afghanistan.
0: It was fun. I, mean, I feel guilty for not watching more of this tournament now. But yeah, England beat Afghanistan in dramatic fashion, I think we can say. Uh, the game was looking like it'd go down to the wire, but Leicestershire spinner and potential little superstar Rehan Ahmed took three wickets in the 46 over, swing the game to England. 16-run win, booked their place in the under-19 final. Um, so just quickly, just summarising what went on. So England won the toss. They had a bat first, 231 for six wasn't easy going but 50 from opener george thomas 56 not out from george belt and a quick five 53 at the end from the england innings from wicket wicketkeeper alex horton Uh, as i said it wasn't easy going real credit to side who bowled really really well and are a very very talented young team and they'll be frustrated There were some early drops um some quite potentially costly drops as well one was like me on a court and bowl If, if i don't have a loop on it it's not it's not staying in the hands you're, so in trouble. You're in trouble. Yeah. You think it's going to take your teeth out, and it just kind of floats <laughs> to you along the way. You've seen them. You've <laughs> seen them. I've seen you at slips. So let's not talk about any of that. Anyway, <laughs> look, it was it's a great. You know, this looks an exciting young team. So we're we're World Cup holders in the men's fifty over, women's. We could have the set if we uh, if England can win this final, and we'll come into who they're playing in a minute, Rob. But really, really good young team, and in a way, how would how you would say this? How good is it? to see this good young England team, but also to see Afghanistan production line continuing. It's it's, it's awesome, mate. This England team has
1: got mm. so much energy. The games actually kick off about 1.50am over here, so I've seen no games live. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. through the power of avoiding social media, who thought you could enjoy watching nice. sport by avoiding the score? Um, I watched the hours highlight on, on the games, with the England games uh, specifically, and they've just mm. been really, really solid. George Thomas... Mm. Built like an absolute train, aged about 18 years old. (laughs) Shoulders for days. Billy biceps. Um, Jacob Bethel, superb. Tom Prest has led admirably at the top Mm. and looks like a leader. But this was the first time that I'd really seen them or felt them be down, be struggling. They were 5-for-106 when Luxon went out in the 23rd over. 6-for-136 when Rian Ahmed went out. But George Mm. Bell, Alex Horton... Absolutely incredible down the order mm. for the seventh wicket, put on, you know, practically 100 runs. And it's always about giving yourself a chance. And, you know, if the bowled out for 160, you're not really giving yourself much leeway or much rope to be able to fail. Whereas you get a mm. score of 230, you know that a couple of players have got to go and score well for this Afghanistan team. And they did, in all fairness. Mm. They looked real good. Mohamed Ishaq scored 43, looked good. Alan Nor looked absolutely class for his mm. 60 and played with a lot of disdain, particularly against the short ball. But they just fell short. And it was so close at the end. And then Rian mm. Ahmed, who has come into huge praise <laughs> over, over the last few days. And you know what, Rich? It's quite rightly mm. so. It's an exciting leggy with an absolute Mm. exceptional googly thrown into the mixer that's coming in and performing. And when was the last time you saw an England... Well, one, the last time they were in the World Cup final was 1998. And we've had some pretty good cricketers come through the the regime Mm. since then. India, uh, four-time back-to-back finalists. So it it shows where the disparity is between where English cricket's Mm. been and where India cricket has been. But seeing a young lad... That one, can turn it. Two, isn't afraid to give it some air. And three, getting some reward. How
0: good does that feel? Oh, it's it's huge, isn't it? I mean, they've got their eyes on these lads. You know, um, Ahmed, I think it's Aspenwall, who I don't think he played in this game. And Rue, is it James? uh, Rue, they all were, yeah, yeah, they were selected in the representative game, weren't they? Uh, Halfway through the season last year. I can't remember who the opposition was, but it was a bit of a surprise when they were announcing the squad. It was a bit of a county 11. And those three, as was at the time, unknowns, were chucked into it. Yeah. Um, Rand's only 17, the spinner. You know, that was a sensational over. He's not necessarily the best wickets he'll ever take, but he made it difficult, didn't he? Afghanistan had to take chances. As soon as the first wicket went, pressure's on, isn't it? They needed about yeah. 16 or more to win they, at the time, or 19. So he just did what he needed to do. England took some good catches, and there's a little superstar in the making there. But one thing I want to take from this performance, and I was getting excited about this young spinner, is I'd love to see England get excited about some of the other young spinners that are out, out and about at the moment, who have been playing first-class cricket and who have been around the international setup. We've got these young lads coming through, but there are other good young lads as well. So let's get excited about all of them England selectors and setup. And, uh, you know, these are the guys that are coming behind, aren't they? But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's so good for the game. It's so good for English cricket to see that we're producing some pretty good cricketers. Yeah. The counties are producing some quite good cricketers. Yep. Um, it's not perfect, but it's, it's, you know, let's not always... I think NASA was talking today about, you know, we'll talk, get to this in a minute when we're talking about uh, Silver and Giles, but, you know, when England do well, the players, the set-up, everyone gets a bit of credit for it. But when we're doing badly, we blame the counties. Yeah. So, again, England under-19s, in a final, there must be something right, even though there's a lot that we could do better. Yeah. How good is it as well? Because... it. Mm. It's got to be the least dominant
1: format of the game, one-day international cricket at the moment, or 50-over cricket, because it's all T20 stuff. There's T20 World Cups Mm -hmm. coming out your ears. There's T20 Leagues coming out your ears. Mm -hmm. Um, Might need to go and get that checked out. How good (laughs) is it to see 50-over cricket where guys can actually build stability, build innings, build a big score, Mm -hmm. rather than going crash-bang-wallop, a game that's probably more suited to moving on into the, the test
0: arena? Yeah, you're right. I mean, if, if there was a, an international format that does translate better, it is that 50-over because you do have to build an in innings. It's not just biffing it from ball one, is it? Um, and it's great to see England doing so well in it. Again, you know, talking about counties for a second, we've, we've basically relegated our 50-over competition after yeah. winning the World Cup. Yeah, It's almost a second 11 or a half second 11 competition now. The value is there. We, we could potentially be world champions in men's, women's and under-19s. And I think the youths, uh, younger uh, England as well have won. So we could be absolutely dominant at, and at a time where we're back in it. So just come on. Yeah, it's a format that I think is going to be more and more important for the transition to Test Team for England. Get people experience. It's an easy way of getting people experience in different conditions against different types of bowling. Yeah. And that's what we've been crying out for, isn't it? And I think that's part of the, the big conversation we need about Test Cricket and how English players are uh, developed and how they, they're they readied um, to make that step up into the Red Bull Arena. So... Yeah, I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to the final. Um, sh- who they playing? I hear you ask. Yeah, semi-final. Who was the second? <laughs> You've kind of gave it away, didn't you? India, a very, very impressive Indian team, which is always what Indian under nineteen sides are when it comes to these tournaments. Uh, they smashed Australia, ninety-six run winning margin. Uh, as you said, the fourth straight final in the competition. Obviously, not the fourth straight final for the players in this team. Um, they would have been very young um, when they got into their first final if it was all the same players. <laughs> so, just making sure you were listening there, Rob. <laughs> so, oh, I like it. Yeah. So India, they got two hundred ninety-five. Skipper Yashdal, hundred and ten, fantastic. And Sheikh Rashid, ninety-four. Uh, she had a two hundred four-run partnership. That was the mainstay of the of the game, really, wasn't it? And the Aussies never really got close. Um, as we said, finishing uh, way, way short, 96 runs. With the ball for India, Vicky Ostwald led the way, three for 42. I think he's the leading wicket-taker, the danger man for India. Um, yeah, look, you know, I think we uh, we don't probably, we can't probably use this word, but it's almost like a dynasty yeah. of this Indian setup, isn't it? Now, it's, like I said, we joke, but it's not the same players, obviously. It's a transition every time. But how good is it that India can create a setup Every single year that they've got these players coming into this level and being the best in the world, yeah, it's it's incredible, mate. It's it's the mm. ultimate conveyor belt of cricket. Mm. There's
1: so much domestic cricket over there, like the 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 Ran- Rangers Trophy. I might I might have yeah. pronounced that slightly wrong. Has got so many teams, but then there's domestic T20 competitions, the state d- domestic mm. T20 competitions, the size of a country of England, but there's multiple mm. of them throughout the country, and then the best of the best. They go on playing the IPL. Mm. It's it's quite incredible. And like I said, this is the fourth final that they've been in consecutively. Dahl as well. He's the third Indian to score a century in uh, the under nineteen competition. A couple mm. of players to do it. Best one was Virat Kohli. He scored a hundred off seventy four balls versus the West Indies many years ago. Now, but he didn't. Yeah, I
0: was going to gonna say, didn't have a bad career, did he, that young lad? I think he yeah, went on he, to he achieve a little bit in the bits. game. Not yeah, bad, not a
1: bad player. Yeah, I remember say so. Scratch around for 30 every so often. <laughs> <laughs> or in his case, scratch around 70 times for 100. You know, he's, he's not bad. <laughs> Cross yeah, format. Um, but it goes to show the pathway mm-hmm. is very much there in Indian cricket. People know mm-hmm. how they, they get to the top. And certain players are picked and accelerated through that and bought into these IPL squads early to give them exposure coaching and to get a better look at them to help them and i I think they've got their structure Mm. quite nailed down and are quite happy with where it's at most of the time Mm. most of the time i do think you know i don't want to take away from the under 90s and go to the to the to the men's team but there Mm. are question marks around that next group coming in and have you know have Mm. the old guard maybe outstayed their welcome um yes but yeah. India, mm. just an exceptional team, mate. It makes... Mm. It's not a, a David versus Goliath situation, but mm. I think most teams, when they're playing India these days, do look at it as a David versus Goliath situation, given resources, people, um, inept... Uh, is the wrong word, but extreme <laughs> levels of quality that they've got. Yep. In depth, it, it almost is, wow, it's, it's us against them, and it's, it's incredibly difficult for teams. And one of the few teams that can match India in terms of uh, resources and structure probably is this England mm. team who have underperformed for years. So it's it's mm. great and it's exciting. And you just imagine, if this England under-19 go and beat India in the final, mm. cricket fans all across England, are going to be going absolutely cock hoop because they're going to be like, this is mm. the next coming. Like We're okay for the next generation.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's what we want, isn't it? Even if they fall short... A good performance will still keep us nice and warm and fuzzy through the end of this winter. Um, so it should be an amazing amazing encounter. Um, there's some England players that really, you know, we want to see them play their absolute best, if, if possible. Yeah. We spoke about Thomas doing well. We spoke about uh, Prest, who's had a really good tournament, the captain. If they can lead from the front with Bethel, with the ball, Rian Ahmed, obviously. But also, didn't really get much in this game, did he? But uh, Joshua Boydens, I think, is the leading wicket-taker. For England, possibly in the yes. competition, thirteen um, wickets at nine, mate. He's been yeah. he's been great. Can swing it, superb. But
1: it's the ones that he doesn't swing that you really think he's going to get a wicket <laughs> yeah. on. He's got that, you know, left armors can be dangerous, and uh, yeah. he's looking like a very dangerous left armour. Great curly hair know, as well,
0: love it. And oh, big time. And you know who likes a left armour, Rob England. England. Um, England. <laughs> Surprisingly, he didn't get on the West <laughs> Indies tour, mate. He was there. <laughs> Left arm uh, a bus. Just quick apology. Thomas asked me, "While well, that third player who was selected in that county eleven did also play, obviously, so my apologies on that one." So all three of those players that were in- involved in that were key key players in that uh, in that game. So we- we've got it coming up on Saturday, Rob, fifth of February, Saturday, Sir Vivian Richards Stadium in Antigua. gets away One PM UK time, live on Sky Sports. If you've got it, get tuned in. Don't make a mistake. And last question, Rob, are we going to win? Chances yes. of us winning it, yes, go yes on England. Yes, we, we, we are going to win.
1: Um, I just think it will be amazing for the country if we do. It doesn't mean we are. It's just my opinion that this England team, the, it's good mm. to go in a fi- into a final showing a huge level of resilience. And England have just shown a huge mm. level of resilience to win that game, both with bat down the order and yep. taking wickets at the end in a tight contest. So really do think England are going to win. I'm going to add one more thing to the Under-19 World Cup, and we got tagged on it go, on go, go. Twitter uh, by yep. village Ruben, who said, mm-hmm. DeWold Brevis, who is the top run scorer mm. in the competition, 418 runs, 450s, one century, uh, average of 83, strike rate of 84, 18 years old, South African, has been mm. shortlisted for the IPL mega auction with a base oh, wow. price of 20 lacquer. So I don't know what that wow. equates to. I think that's the lowest value. Money. <laughs> but that, Still money. <laughs> that is probably a very good under the radar pick for someone. Um, who might want to bring them into their yeah. draft franchise system and have them mm. as a superstar in a
0: couple of years' time. Yeah, get them, get them on board, get them with a kit, send them home again, all tooled up with a kit um, and loyal for the future. Yeah, and, and the disrespect to me, I didn't even know his first name last, last time we podded, mate. I felt so bad, sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll know it soon, I'm sure. I'm sorry. Um, I think we can continue the good news. Mm. Go on, then. <laughs> break it to me. Give me some good news. <laughs> Ashley Giles sacked as England's men's director of cricket cricketer, cricket cricket can we say that this could be the first domino to fall i think we potentially can so there's going to be more news coming in the next few days i would hope uh, without ruining things too much um so let's just get into what's happened so ecb held a board meeting tuesday to discuss the end of Tor ashes report yep. giles obviously was unsurprisingly i'd say let go Um, Giles himself has said the past couple of years, which obviously has included COVID-19. How can we forget and result in biosecure touring bubbles? It has been incredibly challenging. We, we know, we know it has actually. Um, Tom Harrison, the ECB, the very well-paid ECB chief executive officer said, I'm extremely grateful to Ashton for his commitment and contribution to England men's cricket over the last three years. He's highly respected throughout the game and has made a huge contribution to the ECB and England's men's cricket. Off the back of a disappointing men's ashes this winter, we must ensure we put in place the conditions across our game to enable our test team to succeed. Hmm. Okay. All right. So that's that. Um, Where we're up to then with it. So Andrew Strauss, obviously former director of cricket, he's going to be stepping in on an interim basis, and we'll put in place arrangement for the England three test tour of West Indies, which comes up in uh, end of February. Is it? It starts well. I think they took get over there end end of Feb, but it starts on March the eighth. The search for a full time replacement will happen. So Strauss is only in there as an interim at the moment. Um, so, first things before we get into Giles, I'll just want to, I'll, I've just i got a quote from Giles coming up as well. But first thing with Andrew Strauss, is he the sort of man you would want us to, to drop back into that role? Or do you think it's just best for someone like Strauss to sit in there on an interim basis and then get somebody else involved? Great question. I think in terms of needing stability...
1: And someone that can just come in and mm. do a job while you work out what you're gonna do and what structure you're gonna have. Mm. Andrew Strauss is the perfect guy. He did a he did a for yep. me, he did a very good job mm-hmm. prior. He left due to personal reasons, not because of performance yeah. and structure or mm. people. Um and he's he's the perfect guy who's now got more headspace in his life to be able mm. to put this England structure yes. management team first. So I think it's a great decision to put mm. Strauss back in. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I do as well. I mean, I've got a huge amount of respect for Strauss. Um, I think I think you still need to cast a wide net um, to see if there is anybody else there that could potentially do a better job. And is there a different role for Strauss? Perhaps mm-hmm. is there another role somewhere? Could he sit above um, that director of cricket in a, in more of you know in an advisory role towards that person, but also in a, in a you know supervisory role? Someone making the big decisions, the uh, the, the long term vision, strategy, all those sort of things. Maybe Strauss could be that person with somebody acting yeah. underneath him, uh, but I certainly would like Strauss to to uh, to be involved going forward. Um, we shall see what happens there. Though. Uh, so, Ashley Giles, in his statement, so he went on to say. Despite these challenges over the past three years, we've become 50 overworld champions, the top ranked T20 side in the world, and we remain the fourth ranked test team. And our under-19s have just reached the World Cup final for the first time in 24 years. I wish all our players and staff great success for the future. I'm now looking forward to spending some time with family before looking at the next challenge. A very positive spin on his statement. Um, Obviously, as he exits, he wants to make sure we all know what a great job he's done. I think another point Nasser is saying, I was listening to a little interview of him earlier, and there's something else he said is that Ashley Giles was always a bit reluctant to split the the, the management, uh, have a test cap, a test manager and then maybe a white ball manager or white ball coach, however you want to use the words. I think because of the experience he had when he was captain of the, the white ball side, he didn't really get what he wanted uh, from the red ball side, let's put it that way. Um, so maybe he was a bit reluctant. And I think that's going to be a really important part of this going forward is that the coach cannot be all three things. Yeah. So obviously Giles um four of 14 tests one under his management. I'm not sure we blame him for that. Maybe we do. Uh he's had a lot to, to handle and maybe he's been a little bit you know put trying to put players first before everything else and maybe performances and focus on results and performances that's maybe over the last year, 18 months been put to the back burner. What say you? It it comes back, it's similar to what we spoke about
1: on the pod the other day, mate, when we was Mm. talking about bubble fatigue and Paul Collingwood coming out and said it's scary the impact it could potentially have on players and and burnout. And if I'm a player and I've got a management team that has my back, that take care Mm. of my fatigue, my mental well-being, I would run through a brick wall for them. Because to me as a player or an employee, I'm like, this i want to work for you this is a night mm. you're trying to create the best environment you're taking uh, chicken s-h-i-t and making it into chicken soup or chicken salad whatever the analogy <laughs> is you want to yeah. you want to use so i think from that point of view it's mm. really good i think where giles falls over a little bit is that one yeah. he he didn't split the roles given the amount mm. of fatigue and things going on because it's not just about uh splitting the fatigue for players it's about the, mm. the coaching structure and system And giving Chris Silverwood, um, you you know, you gave him all six Marvel rings or five Marvel rings ring, (laughs) and said, "Go and do what you want with this England team. It's yours, (laughs) not yourself. out and you know, if you fail, Mm. you fail." Well, that in in a way is setting someone up to fail because it needs to be a strategy set from the top and agreed on. And given the Mm. amount of time people spend in bubbles, um, it's it's obviously not worked. It's Mm. with We've succeeded in one-day international cricket because we've got exceptional players in the squad Um, and we've not really had rest and rotation and all these other things. We've succeeded in T20 cricket, even though we lost in the semi-final. We were the best team and we're the best team in the world at T20 cricket. That's fine. Um, Test cricket is where you are essentially going to be ranked as a Mm. as a structure as a coach as a director of cricket and did you do a good job managing this red ball team and the answer to that is standardly, no four wins Mm -hmm. out of 14 is very poor those wins have come against pakistan and west indies before vaccinations in the uk where we were just scurrying trying to get a team over um Mm. wins against sri lanka as well which Sri Lanka aren't the best team in the world at the mm-hmm. moment. We spoke about where the England teams sit in the hierarchy of cricket. You've got the top teams, the bottom teams, and we're just a floater mm-hmm. in the middle, mate. So I, I look at it and go, a lot more could have been done. A lot more could have been done to protect players and coaches mm-hmm. um, cross-format. And by doing that, not giving as many reins to Chris Silverwood. Um, it's, it's a difficult one because I like Giles. Uh, I yeah. think he's a very astute uh, slick performer with probably what he does. He did a great job at Warwickshire mm. previously. But I just I just think he gave too much responsibility to different people and he probably didn't put mm. in the best structure possible to enable this England team to perform. That's the crux of it. Uh, who's responsible for that? Ashley Giles.
0: Yeah, ultimately at the moment it is, isn't it? And that's the thing. You know, when we they, we seen Tom Harrison and Giles both stress about the challenges that they've had in the last couple of years. Well, yeah, we've we've all had challenges over the last couple of years. And and in your particular world, guys, you could have done a lot more to help that. And it wasn't just about being a little bit easier on the players, maybe, and trying to make them as comfortable as possible. It was making bigger decisions. So there's no reason why we couldn't have broken the staff down. Like recently over in uh, West Indies, obviously, we had Paul Collingwood, uh, Triscothic, I think, uh, and one or two others as a coaching staff there. You could have, although Silverwood was given the huge amount of responsibility, you could have rolled that back. And said temporarily, whilst we're living in this crazy, crazy time, we're going to roll back some of your responsibility. And here you go, we're going to hand it to somebody else. He's going to, you know, maybe Andrew Strauss could have come in and been involved in selection more. I don't know, whoever. But there's more that could have been done, isn't there? And I don't also like, and we're going to get into Silverwood in a second, because I think it's, it's part of the, the conversation. We, we wonder if that's the next domino that will yeah. will drop after Giles goes. But I wonder, you know, what level of responsibility Giles had for the way the coaching staff on this Ashes tour in my opinion, didn't, didn't perform. Um, players did not improve. Players deteriorated rapid, didn't they? There's the selection um, of, the, of the players, that, you know, the wrong selection of the wrong games and leaving key players out at the wrong times, yes. decisions on the toss. I'm not saying yeah. that that's going to be Giles, but who was having that input? Somebody was responsible and someone was, was overall authority over those coaches. And it seemed as by the end of that tour with Graham Thorpe making a bit of a tit of himself, with his cigar smoking inside it seems like there wasn't really any anyone holding any reins to the coaches yeah. and if there's no one holding reins to them they probably weren't holding any to the players so it probably just got a little bit you know it's almost they probably wish they could have just gone home after three tests um it's probably the, the crux of it so so moving on then silverwood is the next question isn't it would it be right for silverwood to also go or are we blaming everything on ashley giles i i think Whoever the new
1: director of cricket is should have a say on what structure, strategy Mm. and people that he wants in place. You think about businesses, a new CEO comes in and Mm. then over the next six months, there's a brand new team. There's a brand new leadership team in operation Mm. and they're going to run things how he wants them to run. So I think Strauss needs to get his feet under the table. It wouldn't. If If I'm Strauss, I want to make a decision fast and efficiently. To be yes. able to get it set up and have time before you get into the English summer, um, he, he will have opinions. He, he's he's not cricket shy. He's a cricket lover, so it's not like he's coming mm-hmm. into a brand new industry with brand new people. He doesn't <laughs> understand. <laughs> yeah. This is ex- yeah. you know he's walking back into his old role with just some different people in a slightly mm. different structure in place. So, I mm. think Silverwood will go, and I think it will just take a few days for Strauss to work it out exactly because what he left to do, he left to go. This is what I've got this is what I want. This is the budget I've got to play with. Uh, mm. Mr. Tom Harrison at the top, I need, this is how I'm structuring everything. Are you okay with that? And it will just take mm. meeting and rigor to kind of work through
0: that red tape to make it happen. Mm. I think he will go. 100%. Yeah, I I, th- I think he will as well. And I think it's the absolutely right decision. And I'm sorry the way it's gone for him because I'm sure he's a very nice bloke, but it's just the way it is. If you're not performing, it doesn't matter how nice a guy you are. Um England, Test match cricket needs change. It needs it needs complete overhaul. We've got 8th of March is the first test match in the West Indies. Three test matches we play in, in the m- month of March. It's got to be a case of as quick as possible, get Silverwood relieved of his duties and get someone in temporarily. And I yeah. think there was talk, rumours, that's all it is, of rumours of Alex Stewart, potentially, current director of cricket of Surrey, never yeah. far away from English cricket, uh, whether it's his work as a as a uh, agent or a coach, or on the media, building up his players or his Surrey players, he's never far away. He is really it? It. Um, So he'll probably just take the Surrey squad. <laughs> Sorry, End.
1: can I can I say one yeah. thing, mate? And yeah, I feel ahead. this is wrong fundamentally. On. What one we're looking at, Giles? Mm. Correct. You know, director yep. of cricket. This is your responsibility. This is the part mm. of the business you take care of. Chris Silverwood, you're responsible. Can yep. I take a shot at Tom Harrison here? Oh no, that was that was coming. I, oh, yeah, he's like he's he's always in the firing line for me, mate. Utterly I frustrating, right? Mm. We was looking through the yep. ECB accounts, and their financials have absolutely tanked over the 2. last couple of years, which is understandable. 1
0: million. They've in gone bonuses. from
1: um, a cricket World Cup and Ashes campaign to COVID to you know lack mm. of these things. Test match yep. cricket equates to one point four billion of the income over a four year period. That's huge. Test cricket matters, obviously. Um, under stewardship, which he is part of, you know, we may see that change. But I was, I was comparing, trying to compare apples for apples, and I don't think you can do this mm. for every country, but I'm going to do it anyway because it's our podcast. So <laughs> England, right, we talk about rest and rotation. We talk about running players mm. into ground. We talk about bubble fatigue. We talk about how hard it is for the players. Who's the one guy at the top of the tree that can actually make that change, that can reduce the amount of fixtures, that can move things out? Tom Harrison is responsible for that. Australia, yep. Cricket Australia, just turned around and said, we're not touring. We're not doing these things. You yep. know, And they just cited COVID as the reason. And who's the benefactors yep. of that? The players that aren't going through the same things. They've been enabled to go and play some yep. franchise cricket. They turned up and they won the T20 uh, World Cup from absolutely nowhere with a mm-hmm. coach that apparently no one likes. And they've just drugged England in the ashes 4-0. They have hardly left Australia in the last 18 months because of COVID, yet yeah, England, we send them all around mm. the world to play absolutely everyone because there's money in it. Who's yeah. responsible for that? Who's at the top of the tree? ECB. The the that's setting strategy, that's setting the, helping setting the schedules, um, dealing with the financials of all these tours, mm. and the only person that can actually turn around and go, we're not doing it. He is responsible yeah. for that, and he's coming out
0: of this absolute scot-free he is but i mean the criticism comes from everywhere he's not handled anything well as as a, you know you know let's keep saying it out loud 2.1 million during the time when so many people were let go for the ecb and other cricketing uh, institutions the the board members the executive board members of the ecb are, are basically gave themselves like every corporation does when they when everyone else is struggling they give themselves ludicrous and disgusting amounts of money 2.1 million pounds was divided amongst them Hand it back. Simple as that. You know, if you want any sort of shred of, uh, if you've got any shred of decency or if you've got anything about you, hand it back. Don't accept it. You don't have to. Um, he sits in front of Common Select Committee talking about this, that and the other as in Rafiq's of, uh, you know, racism and the, the culture of cricket in, in England and the county setup. He just sounds, he just waffles. He's, he's like me at the moment. He just waffles. He says nothing. Um, he hasn't got a plan. He can come up with all this corporate speak to try and deal with this, that and the other and he's got nothing. When you actually just dig down into it, you know, the targets he set himself. He set himself a target of 30% inclusion that players from different backgrounds playing by X year, I can't remember what it was. They're already at 27%. You know, that's not a target to challenge themselves or do anything. It's just a target to achieve so they can look good, so they can say, well done, look at us. It's a shambles. The ECB is probably not fit for purpose as an institution anyway. It needs to be, it shouldn't be a, a you know, almost like a, um, a corporate entity anymore. I mean, I don't know how you would structure it, but it should be more almost like a charitable organization where it's not-for-profit you make money but you reinvest that money it's not about paying yourself you know if it wasn't for the 100 you know we basically the the cricket has become you're just being driven to the next thing aren't you you've got the 100 you've got all these things all these commitments that the players had to fulfill because the ecb likes their money so much It's, it's it's something has to give harrison cannot come out of this unscathed he has to go and he has to be another domino but What's right in front of us is actually Giles gone. Strauss has come in. What's next in front of us is Silverwood. Hopefully, no disrespect to him, but hopefully he goes, maybe an Alex Stewart takes over for West Indies. Selection, that needs a rethink. Everything needs a rethink. We've gone back to square one with red ball cricket. And like you said, whoever does take over in that current ex-Giles role, current Strauss role, they need to have the say of how we're going to structure things. And it has to be the two coaches from a starting point, doesn't it? And selection. I'm not saying you go back to the old boys in the old dress, you know, the old, uh, you know, boardroom, deciding who's who. But you need a much, much better, much more resilient method. And I thought they had it right for a few years, didn't they? Have like, you know, Mick Newell from KNOTS and other people from around the counties were actually involved in the, the selection panel for a while, yeah. and that seemed okay. Maybe I've just forgotten because everything's been so bad in between. I've forgotten how bad maybe that was, but. But yeah, what doesn't need to change? I think that's the question. What does need to change? Um, (laughs) Talking of change, Rach. Yes.
1: England women's making Mm. changes to their structure, appointing a head of performance pathway um, officer, person, um, Mm. that's going to take the role. Tell me about that.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you've seen more than I have. So I'll I'll just quickly, um, you know, part of the job description, I think it can, didn't it, is the England Women's Head of Performance Pathways will play a key role in ensuring all those engaged in the pathway experience a highly effective learning and development environment that creates positive lifelong moments and memories. I mean, that's a lovely part of a job description, isn't it? So let's see what this role is, because it's ECB <laughs> I'm going to be very very cynical about what this role actually means um they, they you know it, this sounds like they want to create a better experience and then obviously want to push the game more at the top as well but then they're only giving them one test match they're not really on primetime television yeah in the hundred etc so hopefully this will improve things but I, I think from my understanding it's going to sit beneath the the, the senior team isn't it yes yep that's it so it's yeah, so it'll sit below and then they'll, they'll work it that way. So, OK. So they go on to say, with a clear direction to develop an inclusive and diverse pathway for players, coaches and sports staff, the role will play a fundamental part in ensuring the success of England women's cricket on the inter- international stage. So I think it's an honourable, decent thing to do. It sounds like it's it's needed. Um, it's just getting the right person. It's giving them the right job description and it's giving them the right um, right target, isn't it? I think that's, that's probably yeah. the best way to say it. Um right step right direction i think it is mm. i think when we did the how to fix it english mm. cricket and we were
1: talking predominantly mm. men's cricket when we're talking how to fix english men's mm. cricket i spoke about player pathways being absolute integral mm. and someone taking ownership of that pathway mm. who owns that pathway whose job role yeah. is it and then who is it in that team that deals with these mm. players and goes oh you know what you're 16. We've identified you. You're going to come on these fast bowling camps. You're a fast bowler. We're going to go mm. do. You're a spinner. We're going to go yep. and take you to this environment and bowl you and get these coaches in. Mm. I really like that. I feel that's hugely missing in the in yeah. the men's structure, and it's good to see the women's structure doing mm. something like that because a lot of the the women that's coming into the game are really young. You know, there's, mm. there's a boom in women's cricket of players that are playing the game, so they they need. This role to identify the, the better players and give them the best experiences to mm. limit the gap from playing eight grade cricket or playing club cricket to going and playing a test match or the Ashes. I, I think it's mm. a good step in the right direction. <clears throat> yeah, proof will be in the pudding, and mm-hmm. it's what is what actually is the job and what are you accountable for is all yes. the, fluff, the the actual grunt. Sorry, not the fluff, the
0: grunt that needs to come out about yeah. what it actually is. Yeah. And I want these roles to be created for the right reasons as well. I don't want it to be a, a knee-jerk reaction from the ECB because of the flack they're getting from what started as, as in Rafiq, um, I don't even call them allegations, uh, what he said, what he, uh, what he described. Um, I, I just want to make sure they're doing it for the right reasons, not just because they need to react and look as if they're doing the right things and saying the right things and using the right corporate buzzwords or cultural buzzwords at the moment, you know, diversity and all this. It's like, mean it. If you're going to do it, if you're going to create it, mean it and let them have some autonomy over what they can do and how they go about doing it. Not the corporate white blokes (laughs) sat at the ECB head office deciding what's best um, because then it will just be a waste of a position. Um, You know, why not have a match position? I don't know exactly what the comparable position would be for men's cricket, but why not have that over in the men's side as well? We just, I feel like we just need more joined up. It's like any sports, sports team. It's like a football club. You want somebody that's there providing, or a business, isn't it? Providing the vision, providing the yep. strategy, providing everything, the long-term, you know, this is how we want to play. This is how we want to develop. You can't develop a cricket team or a sports team, football team over a couple of years. You need that long-term plan of where you're trying to go to and, and by when. Um, and you just you just wish that there was that sort of structure could be put in place. So if a coach doesn't perform, you move that coach out, you bring a new one in and you yep. continue that journey. Uh, it shouldn't be ripping up every three or four years and completely going back to the drawing board with the, the whole setup. Um, it's exhausting. Yeah, <laughs> start, start, it. It <laughs> start it again. Start yeah. again every single time. It, yeah. it, it is really,
1: really difficult. And I, I mm-hmm. think one of the things that is hard in cricket, there's, it's not like a business world where there's a million people who have had the right experiences mm. um, yep. and dealt with it. There's only so many people that kind of go mm. forward after playing into these roles. So it does limit the pool that you're trying to deal Mm. with Um, Mm. but we definitely have to do it better and hopefully Mm. again we don't know the inner workings of the ECB we don't know how much rain Tom Harrison Mm. has got over everything and how he would like things to work or whether he Mm. hires a team that he thinks best and goes how would you do this what do you think about Mm. doing this because you you know one of the best things in life is no one's an expert at everything right and you surround yourself if you you've got a team you surround yourself by the best team that are going to create the best vision and then go and execute um, to Mm. the highest degree. And hopefully, Tommy Harrison up there, Tommy boy, you are Mm. starting to step up to the plate and start taking some accountability for Mm. some of these messes that's been going on. Raising voice, (laughs) raising voice back down. Um,
0: We will see. see. Yeah, I can I, I, we, I just 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 before we do wrap up, I just want to quickly ask you a very very quick question. Uh, just going back on the coaching side, which Alex Stewart was the name that was put forward. Is there anybody else you would think of that would be a really really good uh, person to to just temporarily take this team? And June is the next time we start playing cricket again for England. Um, are there any coaches out there you think would be absolutely bang on for either the red ball or the white ball setups? Just intrigued. Mm, great
1: question, Mike. I think. When you're talking your head coach, I think we need to split out the roles. We definitely yep. we need to have a red ball head coach and maybe a white ball head coach. Maybe make it as basic as that. I, agree. I um, agree. White ball, I think there's an abundance of white ball coaching talent that's mm-hmm. uh, nabbed up by the IPL and places like that. <laughs> You'd love to see a Ricky Ponting or a Stephen Fleming come in into this, yeah. uh, coming into this, coming into this environment and doing some mm. good. Uh, Someone Mm. like Shane Bonds, one of the best bowling Mm. coaches in the world these days, you'd love to see people like that involved. Mm. Um, From a Red Bull point of view, I don't think you can go far away from Gary Kirsten if he Mm. wants the role. He wouldn't want Mm. the whole shebang, which is another reason to try and split it Mm. up. But again, I don't think long-term-wise, you need to get the stuff sorted at the top and go, this is what we're doing. Gary Kirsten mm. seems like a very intelligent bloke. He's not just mm. going to walk into an absolute show and go, I'm being <laughs> hung, uh, hung out to dry here. Yeah. You'd want to understand yeah. what's going on. And Andrew Strauss, yeah. if it is Andrew Strauss and Tommy Harrison boy at the top going, mm. this is the strategy. This is what we want to achieve over mm. is this is your accountability. These are your roles. Mm. Where do we go from there? That's how I would like to see it yeah. um, split up. And maybe yeah. even a Stephen Fleming in that test conversation as well. I, I yeah. rate him that highly that he's probably me too. He, he's, he has got the skills, and I mm. think the jobs are more appealing if they're not twenty four seven on the road covering absolutely everything these days.
0: Yeah, I think Kirsten might have had the job a few years ago if it wasn't for the fact that they they actually Giles put it all into one, didn't he? He yeah. wanted it to be the whole you know one coach for all. So uh, they're great names. Kirsten and Fleming are the two names that come to my mind immediately. Um, I'm intrigued. Uh, I mean, I wonder if the white ball might be, that's the opportunity to bring some maybe younger coaches through like a Collingwood and uh, one or two others, uh, yes. maybe. Um, I wonder as well for this temporary one. Collingwood's been away recently. I wonder if they put him on ice um, and some of the other guys. I'd be intrigued to see. I mean, obviously you don't want a current county coach because they, they've, they've got their hands full of getting ready for a cricket season. Uh, but it yeah. will be intriguing to see what opportunity they give to who uh to take over it in the West Indies, assuming obviously they let Silverwood go. That's what we're waiting for next. And I would be shocked if we don't hear in the next couple of days that he's uh he's uh, he's looking for a new job. Yeah, it, yeah, I agree. You, you know, I'm gonna
1: put one out there, and it might not be this time, but it might be the next time. Vikram Solanke as England's white ball coach. He has yeah, okay. just left, I think he was at Surrey and he's gone yes, and he joined was. up at yep. IPL for the second Mm. time.
0: Yeah, Um, great
1: name. Obviously, looks like he wants to take that white ball Mm. speciality path. Probably pays quite well if he gets paid. According to Jared Kimber. a few guys don't get paid by the end of (laughs) end of these franchise (laughs) competitions. um, Maybe maybe one for the future to to look out for. But it is nice name. Mm. It is a beautiful. S H uh, I T sandwich that we've put together that's actually got another layer under it, where we've come back to the ECB and we're just <laughs> poor old women's cricket's just been squashed between Ashley Giles and Tom Harrison and, and coaching issues. We apologise. We apologise. Um, so, so that's done, guys. Let us know your thoughts yep. if you've watched this. We are available on YouTube as well. Uh, there, you can leave us comments and let us know what you think. Also, if you want to tweet us, we're at Leading Edge Pod on Twitter as well. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Really interesting conversation and looking forward to the England Under-19 World Cup final at the weekend. Till next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?